Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Divs, and as you've noticed, this week's upload was a little bit late. Unfortunately, Cass had to deal with a family emergency because of which we were unable to record The Legend of Vox Machina Season 1 Part 4, but in its place, we are uploading a previously published episode which we really loved and we really would like to revisit, Horizon Zero Dawn. We hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it when we first did. And we also thank you for your continued support and listenership. We will definitely try our best to uh, um, get back to regular recording schedule and hopefully come back with a new episode for you next week. Thank you guys and we really appreciate you. And without any further ado, let's get into this episode. everybody welcome back to the podcast glad to have you with us i'm cassidy and as always i'm joined by my lovely co-host Dibs. hey guys uh, this week we're actually doing something a little bit different um we are not necessarily reposting a topic that we've covered but um kind of rediscussing if that makes any sense yeah. Um, in honor of uh, Horizon Forbidden West coming out, we've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn recently, or replaying mm-hmm. rather, and yeah. um, we thought it would be a good opportunity just to kind of celebrate the game again and just spaz about the things we love because it is such an amazing game. Oh, uh, in my opinion, I think one of the best games of all time. So we're always happy to spaz about um, pretty much yeah exactly and and I think that the first time we did it I think um I mean there's so much in this game it's it's just there's you know a ton of material and like there's a ton of really cool things and exactly. I don't think we did it justice no. uh to be fair I, think I don't we'll ever do, do it justice, justice. now but <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly it's just it's a really great game and yeah. so we just wanted to um spend more time talking about it especially because the new game is coming out and from you know early reviews and stuff it already seems amazing oh my so god we are super excited for forbidden and West. jealous but but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that too but um before we actually get into uh this episode um just our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimer we are getting into spoilery territory so yes, if anybody hasn't played the game um it's available on playstation and on steam and um, if you don't own a console or if you don't have access to Steam, there's always YouTube walkthroughs and stuff yes. or um, playthroughs. And so we highly recommend watching those because it's it's such an amazing story. And I think it's a very compelling story, too. Absolutely. Um, and a very compelling and- protagonist. Let me exactly, add. yeah, it's yeah, amazing. absolutely. So, um, yeah, there, there's like there's there's ways you can essentially just watch the the, the game movie. Um, so yes, at the very can. least, if you don't want to play, at the very at least, least. I, I would recommend uh, yeah. at least checking that out. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you on this. But then I think you and I talked about this when we were discussing this game that there's so much about this game that when you experience it firsthand, it's like the most amazing thing ever. It is, yeah. And, that's something that's why we highly recommend you getting this game and playing it if you have the chance because it is so good and so worth its price tag 
you will you will not regret it like Cass said it's one of our <laughs> all-time favorite games it's it's very rare that a game brings about an awesome story an awesome score and awesome voice acting all together and this <laughs> game is definitely definitely one of those rare gems and we'll talk about why so without further ado let's take it away Cass because oh my god it is so amazing let's let's go forward with it because it's it's amazing it is and I think the really clever thing is um I think we talked about this off recording uh, you know multiple times we've played this game but I think exactly. the way the story progresses is so clever because yeah. it starts off kind of simple in the sense it starts with baby and, like yeah well of course that that part's always yeah. cute yeah. um and also like a, a quick tangent I know we haven't even properly gotten into yeah. like any sort of discussion but yeah the the training montage scene oh. that is one of the best scenes ever yes just that out there. yes but it's um, one of the coolest things think, ever yeah absolutely it is it is I think it's it's the way they kind of wove the story or like created the story and like allowed it to unfold I think it's just so clever because again it starts off really simple like Aloy's only goal is to find out who her mother is and to find out like where she came from that sort of thing and it ends up being you know like the actual story and her actual arc ends up being so much bigger than she could have ever imagined and um, I think the the game also presents heroes and, and villains like a certain way so like obviously you know Aloy's that's because we play as her we know she's clearly the, the good guy um but you the know there's a number of characters yeah um there's a number of characters that you could call villains but I think mm. what's so cool about this game is that like the most villainous one of all is a character who's not even alive and who has like no real interaction with Aloy herself oh my and God. I just think that's so yes. clever because everything like He's kind of like the backbone for like you know a lot of everything the stuff that's in, in the world. In the events of, of <laughs> no, not you are absolutely right in saying this because the events of this game or and how Aloy's world as it is in her time came to be is because of this person. So yes, <laughs> you are absolutely right in saying that he is one hundred percent responsible. Or if not 100, at least 90% responsible for all of this, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think you. I think we can put all the blame on him. I mean, <laughs> it's, um, if it's not obvious, we, we're, we're referring to Ted Farrow, who yes. is the jackass that caused all the problems. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's talk about that because because it all starts with Farrow uh, creating a bunch of machines as peacekeepers uh, on a mission, uh, on some sort of mission. So let's talk about that because it was a military mission. He had a military mm-hmm. contract of some sort, if I remember correctly, and he built these machines. But then as as, as stuff normally does, ha- like uh, like normally with machines, something is bound to go wrong. Like there's no way that anyone would have created the perfect, machine and something does go wrong and in Ted Farrow's case his machines are unfortunately self-replicating self-sustaining and they eat biomass that is anything on the planet that moves 
and there's no kill switch. So let's talk about that situation for a second because that's insane. So let's talk about it's, that. It's a recipe for disaster. Yes, and it is. I mean, that's exactly what he gets. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think it takes a special kind of someone to have the arrogance that Ted Farrow has and to oh, think yeah. that he can just magically solve all the world's problems with like his own solutions. And it's like, on one hand, I can appreciate you trying, I guess. But on the other hand, it's also like you made a bunch of killer robots with no off switch and they consume like living matter, essentially. Oh my or God, like, exactly. you know, they, they're not like sucking plastic out of the oceans. They can kill people and like that's fuel mm-hmm. for them. They can kill yeah. plants and flora and fauna and like that's all fuel for them. So and basically um, I, I, eating away at the planet, basically, that's all mm-hmm. there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and my question is like, so he creates these robots because he has like this military contract and they're supposed to be peacekeepers and his intention yeah. is like they're gonna essentially resolve all these is conflicts. Good. Yeah, like well, well regardless of whether or not it's good, yeah. I think he, he wants he he just wants to sell these things and essentially they're trying to make war profit upon all of that. But assuming like suppose for a second that his robots did their job properly and actually resolved global warfare or whatever what was he going to do with them then if they had no off switch like if they've like if they've and what if their their job was done yeah exactly yeah like like what and there's no off switch like if there's already peace then what are they doing like they're just do they still go around like shooting things just because they need to or like i I don't know um i just it's a really wasn't he yeah exactly yeah oh my god all those (laughs) machines that that were awakened later are basically his peacekeeping machines that basically almost destroyed everything yeah but i mean i just i don't the logic behind not putting an off switch is just i don't understand it like there's no reason you need to make a machine that's just continuously running Mm -hmm. and just doesn't have an off switch like everything i mean you would need an off switch of something whether it's like make repairs or if it's achieved its goal or like whatever but just the way he kind of like tackles this problem like i'm gonna make these military robots and then i'm assuming he was also i think there was something in the game about him like selling it to different countries or whatever or like you know leveraging whatever he had to essentially profit off of like pretty much global conflict (laughs) yeah Um, which made this problem global not just limited mm -hmm. right and also and here's the thing a swarm an entire swarm of these robots went rogue like (laughs) went rogue and they started right. actually turning on human beings and that's where that it, it becomes an actual crisis at this point and that's when he calls in Liz Elizabeth Sobek that's when he calls her in and <laughs> can, like let's talk about that because that conversation when you first see it, you're like, holy shit, what did this guy do, right? Let's talk about that because when we first hear about it, it's in Maker's End. That holographic, con- the hologram that we see 
at Maker's End, that's when all this starts. That's when you start putting these little pieces together. So let's talk about that because, oh my God, one of the moments that blew my mind away, literally. So let's talk about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I think, unexpected. Like the first time you play the game, you do, I don't think any of us really realize what's coming. Yeah. But like after that, I think that just changes everything. It's like, yeah, so the more it you spins learn, everything. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, this is such a crazy, crazy thing that, essentially has been kept secret or like not so much kept secret it's like the knowledge of this you know crazy event that essentially resulted in earth being destroyed and then recreated recreated yeah exactly has been like lost because nobody who knows about like the incident from the past you know survived to like yeah yeah exactly so um yeah that whole sequence like just watching Aloy and cover these like crazy truths like one after the other Mm -hmm. was just amazing and like Mm -hmm. being able to react with her was really cool because obviously as players we're learning just as she is I think I I love that about this and there's a moment here let's talk about this right because she wins the proving Aloy wins the (laughs) proving and then but then the proving goes horribly wrong because Right. the eclipse attacks right mm-hmm. it goes horribly wrong and Aloy is wounded and Rost basically throws her off a mountain so that she can like uh, not throws her off he rolls her down the mountain so that she basically survives the blast uh, that the eclipse basically uh, created in that area basically mm-hmm. and then to recover she's taken to there to all mother the Nora's sacred mountain basically right and Mm -hmm. that's where she wakes up and she finds out that she can actually that 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 she can actually communicate with this thing with this Mm -hmm. with with what these people call all mother and (laughs) I love I mean and the high one of the high mothers like uh high matriarchs sorry Tirsa, she's like, that's all mother. That's our goddess. This is where we found you. So that's where her story starts because she's always wanting to know where her mother is or who her mother is. And when she's told that this is where we found you inside and she can commune with the mountain, she sees a picture of this other woman who looks almost exactly like her, but older, right? <laughs> and then we switch to this which leads her to maker's end and that's when we switch to this where you see we find out that it's elizabeth sobek and she's the one that that's that's been brought in to do something about this whole plague problem so let's talk about mm-hmm. that entire situation because i love how that whole thing was framed and i love how aloy's like that's just a door it's not a goddess that's a door i've been inside a place like this i know that's where i found my focus basically that's the right. whole thing so let's talk about that because i love how they frame this whole thing it's amazing yeah i mean again i think the way they allow the story to unfold yeah. Yeah. and how we discover things with aloy is just so clever yeah. um I, I think it just speaks to like the writing team and and you know how good the, Props, the story right? is that they were able yeah. to like yeah exactly like kudos to them because it's it's an amazing story mm-hmm. and such a compelling story too and like a very moving one but yeah I mean initially Aloy is just kind of like that's like you said her reaction to this is like the Nora treat all mother or like this mountain as like a sacred thing and then yeah. to them it's like their goddess resides inside Aloy is like I think a little bit more mm-hmm. practical 
And I think she recognizes that regardless of whether or not there is a goddess in existence or some entity that like yeah, yeah like, exactly. exactly like whatever entity there may be or whatever higher powers there may be the Nora are essentially just like worshiping a metal door yeah. um and I think being I mean her situation I think you know being an outcast not growing up among the tribe mm. I think was actually um though she may not consider it a good thing I think it's a good thing because she's a little bit more I think practical when it comes to certain things like for the Nora you know a lot of things are out of bounds and they can't do certain things like leave the embrace they're not supposed to go poking around like the old ruins and things like that but Aloy I think um because she was an outcast she doesn't have a fear of these things yeah and so for her like you know she falls into to ruins and stuff like that at a very young age which is enough to frighten any kid I would imagine but um it doesn't really frighten her. I mean, like, you know, she wants, she gets her focus. She's, I mean, I would assume that if she had the opportunity to explore more ruins outside of the embrace, she probably would have. She would have. I think like that's. And she did. <laughs> she did. Yes. Like that yeah. she didn't have the opportunity to, to do, but mm. um, I think it was good because, you know, being an outcast is as probably as frustrating as it was for her and, and, for Ross even it gave her um, a different perspective kind of, like you said I absolutely did, agree yeah. with you and there. I think it also it also helped like I feel like the Nora maybe not all of them but like I would imagine that like a lot of them kind of had this fear instilled in them of like yeah. you know certain things like the metal devils and leaving the embrace mm. and all of that mm. and um Aloy doesn't have that which I think is good because I think having those sort of fears would have definitely would have restricted her, her journey yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 absolutely like it like imagine if she had been like one of the people who believed that like leaving the embrace was taboo then like how would she have been on the rest of her journey um so yeah I think I think she she has like a, a really good um outlook I think compared mm. to some of the other Nora who are like we're yeah. not leaving the embrace like this is it like this whole like we this is our world and like nothing mm. else really matters whereas I, Aloy yeah. I think because she's not afraid of doing certain things and because she's also not so like tied to Nora traditions she's just able to go do whatever she wants and also she's like screw traditions I don't really care I'm gonna do what I need to do to find the answers that I want to find which I think is really admirable but also just um so cool to kind of just see her like reject everything that these people have tried to put on her and then yeah oh my god um, I absolutely agree which leads us to this whole thing because I think after that after seeing that image of Elizabeth Aloy believes that that might be her mother she believes mm -hmm. that but then that image is shattered when she goes to the place where project enduring victory happened right mm -hmm. which is where list proposes horizon uh, proposes project zero dawn so let's talk about that because she goes there and there's a message it recognizes her as elizabeth sobeck and then it says you are a thousand you are so many day a, a few thousand uh, a few hundred thousand days late for your meeting with this person and mm -hmm. it, it's like such a shock because no one can live that long. It is impossible for anyone to have lived that long, right? So let's right. talk about that and the impact of that, what she finds out there at Project Enduring Victory and how Zero Dawn came to be because, oh my God, that's like another jaw-dropping moment in this game. 
So let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you mentioned it earlier with uh, Pharaoh calling Liz in and asking her to help because once yeah. he, you know, a subset of his machines go rogue and, you know, they start being non-responsive, yeah. they try and, or I think he at first tries to contain that specific group of like rogue robots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, obviously that doesn't work. And then it becomes like a full-fledged like swarm slash place thing where it's like they're it exactly. Yeah. Crisis. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not just like a small subset. It's like now these machines are infecting other mm. machines and mm-hmm. like this virus among them is just spreading to every yeah. Pharaoh machine or robot yeah. in existence. And, um, and fortunately because, uh, you know, like a complete idiot, he didn't, build an off switch um these things can just consume as much fuel or biomatter as they need it for fuel and like sustain themselves basically yeah Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and and they self-replicate too so it's not even like you know it's not like they only have to worry about like a finite number like no these things can reproduce or replicate or whatever you want to call it um any number of times and so theoretically they could just keep going and going and going until they like they have nothing you know, left overpopulated exactly yeah which is literally what happens i mean yeah. that's why zero dawn becomes a thing because that's the zero dawn has becomes to become a so thing. bad exactly exactly yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. like it's it, the plague is so bad that they need to essentially re-terraform earth because the robots are going to destroy it's not it, even a contingency is... plan it's like it's mm-hmm. literally not a contingency plan it's just that mm-hmm. you know after all this happens this is what has to happen kind of thing because that is right. not that is not something that can be avoided it happens that's how bad it's mm-hmm. become so yeah oh my god yes yeah and i think i mean again it's just it takes a certain kind of like person to be as stupid as ted and you know even after as he, he kind of just yeah exactly yeah exactly i mean yeah he's arrogant stupid all of the above i mean for for a guy that has you know a multi-trillion quadrillion dollar company or whatever and who is smart enough to build these machines he's apparently not smart enough to put take in basic things like stock switches that too and yeah take responsibility is like the biggest thing because so we'll much of what happens in, yeah. in Aloy's time, yes. I, like, I am fully blaming it on him. I don't oh. even care. Oh, dude, uh. I fully agree with you and we'll get to why. But I love how, I love that conversation between Liz and Ted when she has to, when she proposes Zero Dawn to this guy, <laughs> right? She's like, this is what has to happen. And this is exactly how I want it to happen. And if it doesn't, you, and you're going to foot the bill for this. And if you don't agree, I'm going to let, uh, we're going to convince these people to let me do it anyway, but then I'll let the world know that you caused this mess. So let's talk about that conversation Mm -hmm. here. I love how blunt she is because obviously it was like, time is of the essence. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have the the luxury of like, you know, spending time debating, beating around the bush, all of that. So she's just like to the point. She's like, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. This is what needs to happen. Yeah. And these are your options. You can either help me and the world doesn't have to know that like this was your mess and Absolutely. we're cleaning it up or if you don't like you said if she if he doesn't put the bill she was like um then the whole world can know that this is your mess and that we're gonna do what we can to clean it up but mm. I, I love how he was like oh I can't in good conscience sign this I'm like what are your options dude also like, you made you a good point when we were talking off recording he doesn't have a conscience what the hell he doesn't and you <laughs> I and I talked about this you and I talked about this we were like 
he thinks he has one but and i and, and that's funny because he doesn't his actions say otherwise and you're absolutely exactly. right i love how blunt Liz is and how to the point she is about this and let and because of that let's talk about zero dawn here right because i love how elaborate this plan is and it's so cool when you start learning about it, it is, the different yeah. facets of it right like there's Minerva th- that sends out signals. There's a Luthia uh, that manages the cradles that builds these uh, uh, builds these beings and machines and systems. There's Ephestus, which is the forge. There's Apollo, mm-hmm. a full knowledge bank. I mean, come on, that you gotta admit that that's super super cool. So let's talk about that. I think whole it thing was. First. It was such a cool reveal because one, like you said, that the concept of Zero Dawn is just like a concept is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's very elaborate and you know, yeah. it just sounds so interesting. But also mm-hmm. like this is their reality, like like this is what they've been reduced to essentially, where they now yeah. have to create an AI system to essentially terraform the and earth. And it's again not exactly because... an AI, it's more than yeah. that. Gaia is <laughs> more than that which I love so much I mean it's such a cool thing when you learn about it right because it is it is it's it's so cool but also like it's also sad I just, too, though I kind of well, it's sad but also like I just think it's it's so frustrating in that scene yeah. in Maker's End where Aloy's watching the holograms and and you see the hologram of Ted being like I can't sign this like contract yeah. or whatever and it's like I don't see you coming up with any options. Like you asked this for help. This is your best She's plan. She's the only one. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's their best I... plan. But also I think Liz is the only one like offering a real solution. Oh. And Ted is over here like, oh no, I can't sign this. I can't sign this. Like, dude, you don't have options. If you want to live for a few more days, you sign the dang contract and then you just pay her and then she'll do it. Like, like that's the other thing too that it's I always basically like... damage control at this point. Mm-hmm. It, nothing else. It's like right. and it's not even also, damage like, my control. Was... It's worse than that. Yeah, it's it just like right? yeah. it's like a temporary solution. But my mm. thing was also like, all you have to do, Ted, is just foot the bill. Like nobody's asking you to get your hands dirty, and you can't yeah. even do that. Yeah. Like, what kind of jackass are you? I mean, I think we know he's an arrogant one, but like it just that watching that scene and like I mean, especially once you know the whole story and you've played the game once, replaying it and going back and seeing those scenes, I always kind of like want to reach through the screen and like smack him because it's like, no, dude, you're not offering any solutions. Like Liz is offering a solution. And she's also kind of almost giving him an out in the sense she's like, you just pay for all the stuff and I'll do all the work. It's like, you could not ask for like a nicer deal in the sense that like, like nobody's wash asking your hands off it of it kind of thing. Literally, exactly. it's a clean yeah, out. Just spend your money and like, because the other thing too is like, Ted is not going to enjoy, you know, the, the benefit of earning so much. Like whatever benefits he could have potentially enjoyed by making his millions or trillions or whatever, like he essentially just ruined all of that or lost all of that because now his this swarm is, is so out of control that they're taking over the earth and they're going to destroy the world um and i like i i feel like somebody really needs to like tie him down and kind of like beat that into him because i just don't think he understands the severity of what he did and even once project zero dawn gets underway um you know that like there's still instances where he's like oh i don't know about this i don't know about that and it's like again he you're even not mentioned the any kill solution. switch for gaia I think I remember mm-hmm. this, which is why Hades was created in the first place. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that because 
I think it's it's basically I love that conversation too because Liz was like you are asking me to put a gun to her head before she's even starting to run around and walk that's not fair but then I love how <laughs> guy how Gaia intercedes and she's like hey Liz I think it's fair that you should have a kill switch because it's possible that my parameters as 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 how should I put this as advanced as you make me mm-hmm. I'm still a program and I can fail so the best thing you right. can do is have a fail safe which is mm-hmm. why exactly. they created Hades mm-hmm. it's interesting but I think like that yeah I mean I think Gaia frames it in a way where it's like we you know there's that old quote about like those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it and so I yeah. think it's like one of those things where she's like yeah. I get what you're saying Liz and even though Gaia is, is not you know she, she's an AI essentially but I think mm. she does agree with Liz but also if this whole fiasco has taught them anything it's that even the yeah. best of machines needs an off switch yeah. in the event that for some you know unknown reason or in an unforeseen circumstance if they go rogue or if something happens yeah. there's an off switch and I think as much as it probably painful is to do it I think um having an off switch is probably a good idea probably I don't know if it should have been its own kind of subfunction in zero dawn wow. but that's that's a different story but um I, I just again ted just rubs me the wrong way and it's for like the the entirety of oh, you know dude, the game we're getting it's, to that we're um, getting to the major point of... well, it's not even it's not even you know th- there's one like really big scene where he does you know something that i think is pretty unforgivable but yeah um even like this for example like just telling Liz to put an off switch like the way he talks about it it almost I mean it does it is kind of condescending he's like have we learned nothing and it's like dude don't forget this You're is the one who this. she's cleaning it off yeah so like don't talk down to her or don't be patronizing or don't yeah. I mean I, exactly. I don't know no, I don't, no, I don't I think he, he was probably yeah. just trying to offer advice at that point but it just felt kind of like hey I made a mistake and I learned from it why haven't you type thing and it's like again she's dude, doing all stop. the work just just let her do her job yeah. she knows what she's doing yeah but i love yeah. the holograms for each of the alphas where you get information on each subsystem that they manage it was so cool to learn about that right i think it's really interesting too because like they thought of like everything because it's oh, not they enough did. just to That's have so cool an about ai it. yeah like one the, pers- the person who was terraforms. just talking about eluthia or one of the human generate human building systems yeah the cradles said, essentially yeah the cradles right he was actually talking about a collecting an entire gene pool and mm-hmm. literally not and i love how they made it they made it very specific that we are not cloning we are actually taking the we're actually studying genetic makeups to understand how we can mix and match them and create a, as diverse a population as possible mm-hmm. again which is again, again that's so, what's so cool. cool because yeah it's not enough for them to just terraform the world right like they have yeah. to you know essentially recreate or like restart civilization yeah. and then release yeah. people yeah. out into this newly terraformed planet so like there's just so many layers and so many things like all the machines yeah. that Aloy fights or that we encounter in the game they yeah. didn't start as like hostile machines they were initially introduced into this environment as like normal um, peaceful know, 
peaceful things yeah but also just like you know machines that had a purpose beyond just being hostile to humans like um i think like like the the grazers and and like chargers and all of those like they were all just like land um or vegetation filters yeah exactly essentially like they would you know filter uh flora and stuff like that and then like the snap maws and you know the more aquatic things were water filtration systems essentially and like glintocks and stormbirds were air filtration systems which i I, like, like all of these machines had like a bigger purpose and all of it was to um essentially just once earth had been terraformed again just kind of make it habitable for habitable and have variety in flora Mm -hmm. and fauna and all all species basically yeah right and i just like that that's like that in itself is really cool but then again like liz didn't stop there and zero dawn doesn't stop there it's like once you make this planet habitable again for humans you have to have humans to inhabit the planet yeah so like you said like they they come up with a gene pool and they don't just restrict it to like people who look a certain way or are from a certain region their goal is to make it as diverse as possible and then also they want to compile yeah yeah and they're compiling the knowledge that they have up to this point in time with the goal of like essentially transferring it to like the people that come after them absolutely yeah Yeah. and and so like there's all these different layers and stuff and it's so amazing like how well thought out it is um which um is i mean i think it's just a testament to how brilliant liz is but um again hats yeah, off. i mean i mean like, zero dawn is just, just it's it's a really cool concept but i think what's is. also really interesting is like there is this darker aspect of it where yes, it's it like is. when they it's apocalyptic the nature of it, it is, is and i again i don't think ted understands how yeah. badly he messed up, messed up which is like the really annoying part because it's like dude mm. like you said apocalyptic is a really good way to describe it because mm any sort of apocalyptic event that they thought would happen they probably assumed would not happen in their lifetime or would happen centuries down the road yeah you know centuries into the future and and ted just made it happen like you know the following year which is is not ideal but Mm um i but yeah i mean like zero dawn is you know it's it's doing like insane work in the sense that like it's 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 amazing it's doing the impossible dude like literally yeah and, and, and it's so elaborate though, like you like, said it's oh dude the scale and magnitude of it the first time, i know which is just again so jaw-dropping when you first first yeah. find out about it right because when you mm-hmm. when you look at those holograms you listen to these people these experts talk about every single detail that they put into this you're like holy shit mm-hmm. they did all of this like it is so insane and now comes the whole idiotic idea of what Ted has done, right? Because even before that, I would just like I I just my question is so he has this whole thing about like you know he says he can't in good conscience sign Liz's thing, but he like he he apparently didn't speak up about operation enduring victory which is it is unfortunately i think one of the darker aspects of zero dawn um and you know i think we could debate whether or not it was necessary or needed i don't think it was in the sense i mean essentially enduring victory is like the cover story for zero dawn and i guess the one in charge of it spreads this rumor that like zero dawn is like a super weapon and it's meant to save the day and and i i get why they like made this thing because it was their goal was to to inspire people to um kind of like 
join this cause and, and and help buy time for zero dawn but it's also like you're lying to people and essentially just leading them to slaughter because nothing was going to stop these machines and, and they kind of framed it during yeah. victory as like this kind of like you know like almost like they did in like the old times like during world war one or two or whatever oh, when they were trying to get people to join the army they would have like all these um, notices and everything and all sorts of reasons basically well that but also like you know I feel like there was like I mean obviously I was not alive at that time so I can't say I don't know if this propaganda. is propaganda I'd say propaganda but, uh, uh, kind of yeah in a right? way it was like they were they were trying to inspire people to to join mm-hmm. service and stuff and um Harris says as much like there's a hologram that Aloy sees where when he's talking he's like you may have heard all these rumors about enduring victory and how it's supposed to be like this and that and they're all lies and they're all rumors and I I started them myself and mm-hmm. essentially enduring victory was just created so that people had a cause or something to believe in and then that was you know in turn supposed to kind of inspire them to to almost like take up arms and 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 fight the pharaoh plague as much as they could until zero dawn you know actually got on a reality actually, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so um my question is like why didn't ted speak up then if he had so many concerns like so many reservations anything exactly then. yeah but um I, I think the thing is ted at some point just decided like he is almost like a god in the sense he acts like he knows what's best for the whole world and it's like you're one person you do not represent the entirety of earth at any point Mm. in time and so you can't make decisions on behalf of billions and billions of people and i mean let's talk about that yeah because it's complicated because zero dawn is also like i mean they're a small group of people compared to the larger global population and they are essentially doing things but they have to do but they're doing what they have to do it's not it's right it's not even a contingency plan it's just something Mm -hmm. that has to be done to avoid humanity uh, to avoid humanity's extinction basically extinction Mm -hmm. like literally and yeah this idiot comes in it basically is like I think this is after Liz is should we talk about when Liz goes off on her own before we talk about this because I think um, I mean there's so many things because I don't think Liz would have allowed this which had she been around I don't think she I don't think she would have either yeah but again I mean it just it, but it I think we should to, talk about mm. that in that in another context than we should right now because now we're focused on Ted. Um, so this is out for now. Let's just say that, and we'll talk <laughs> about why. Um, and this idiot comes in and literally announces to them that he's deleted an entire subsystem of Zero Dawn, Apollo, all the knowledge that they had collected to let the people who come after them know what happened to them and their planet so that they don't repeat that mistake has been purged, (laughs) permanently deleted. Why? I think that's his biggest offense. Like, well, one of them, I think there's two, but um, deleting all that knowledge, I think it's it's such a, like, 
short-sighted Callous it's very and, and short-sighted that too yeah and it, it's so arrogant of him to assume that the yeah. people who come after him would not want that knowledge i mean it's one thing to give them the choice right to I say like here's his archive of knowledge that's true you have but an opportunity i think he's to, more like, scared of the fact that they'd understand who was to blame for this whole thing literally it's too late for that though like my like you don't i mean at this point it's like it doesn't matter what your feelings are ted i don't like nobody cares if your feelings are hurt or if you're worried about how your public image looks your public image does not matter in the face of like an apocalyptic event it really there is literally bro. a world ending problem on your doorstep yeah. and if you're concerned about how you look or how the public perceives you it doesn't matter because there won't be a public anymore and like there won't be a you anymore if you don't like get your act together mm-hmm. and start working on zero dawn like actively and i think that's the thing he doesn't understand and he's just there's so another thing he doesn't understand this, like... you make a very good point and we'll talk about that when we talk more about Liz. okay <laughs> and this arrogant idiot literally is basically like yeah i can't let I can we can let them have this knowledge and he kills all the alphas kills them yeah right there that's the other unforgivable offense exactly dude like what the f is wrong with you like you said it has to take a very special kind of arrogant person for for to do something like that like and because of this let's talk about everything that this has affected because of this right? The state of the world uh, uh, as it is in Aloy's time is because of this. It's because... Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's Ted's fault because he essentially... Yeah, I because mean, all again, that knowledge I, is gone. They don't know what yeah, this and, is. And I think that the, the biggest thing with that is like having Apollo and having all that knowledge would have probably been beneficial to the people that came after especially probably in Aloy's time because then they would have had access to like this essentially database that you know they could probably peruse and skim for knowledge and how to you know create and 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 do certain things but because Ted destroyed it it's essentially like he condemns you know all of their uh descendants essentially to live in kind of like this hunter-gatherer society almost and like to revert back to almost primitive ways because like for all the advances they've forgotten all the advances that they've made exactly yeah, they don't it's know it's still essentially kind of like a primitive future for them yeah. And, and yeah they don't know that and i think the biggest thing too is also like they don't have the choice right like if apollo had been intact or whatever when when you know the um like Aloy's people or, or Aloy's people isn't the, the people of her people time of Aloy, um, Aloy's time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. If, if Apollo had been a thing when like in Aloy's lifetime mm-hmm. then um and you know also accessible then it would have been up to the people it would have been a choice that they could have made whether or not they wanted to use any of that information or even like look at it or whatever but by destroying it Ted essentially just robbed the entire world of that choice and it's like you're not helping them because how are they going to fight these machines or how are they going to survive? They don't, or exactly. Or do Dude, they've been knowledge. corrupted. They, these mm-hmm. machines were peaceful until a little while ago. And suddenly they're turning on human beings again and they don't know what to do about it. Why? Because mm-hmm. they don't have the knowledge. And why is that? Because you effing parched it. You idiot! <laughs> it is really frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's it just—it's like Ted just makes one stupid decision after another, and it's like 
it's like at what point do they just like boot him out of the thing just like clean his Dude, bank account and yeah, just like if shove him was out there, she wouldn't have let him anywhere near this thing honestly i i would like to believe that liz would have like shot him point blank if she had been there when he had murdered the alphas it is so cowardly too because he wasn't even like there. it is he cowardly was just, he was yes. appearing by like hologram or whatever and talking to these people and he's like oh it's already too late like i've just i've done all these things and now it's like my final act i'm gonna just kill a bunch of people and it's like where do you get off like who made you god who made you the person in charge and let you decide yeah. what's best for future generations i mean you know, this is, again, it's not an ideal situation to be in, but at least Zero Dawn was, like, the best solution, and it was their best shot at ensuring life on Earth survived beyond this kind of apocalyptic event. Meanwhile, Ted is over here destroying, like, the very people who are needed to keep this project running, and it's like, do you want to save the Earth or not, Ted? Like, you're not, like, it doesn't matter what he wanted at that point, because, like, he wasn't going to live long enough to reap any benefits, so I don't really know why he was so, like, um adamant about doing certain things it's like it doesn't matter because none of this is for you like any chance that you had at like a happy future all that like that's it's over it's over yeah, everything that like Liz was doing was for future generations but it kind yeah. of seemed like Ted was just stuck in the present and it's like he wanted to do what was best for him and it's like you're not the only person on the planet dude but at the rate you're going you might be the only person <laughs> and um the planet probably would have killed him if, if he had you know yeah. ever been able to achieve that sort of situation I mean, where yeah because now the situation in Aloy's time has become so dire that something malfunctioned in Gaia's code and Hades <laughs> is awakened which means Hades being the kill switch means Gaia is shut down and until Gaia <laughs> is completely shut down Hades is going to be there that means the earth right. is actually dying again. It's gone. It's dying mm-hmm. again. And these corrupted machines will swallow, will create another apocalyptic event unless someone can actually stop this. Let's talk right. about that situation for a second and how crazy it is when Aloy finds out about this at Gaia Prime. And... <laughs> what she finds out about Liz there at that moment because it is one of the most heartbreaking scenes in this game I just cannot so let's talk about yeah I mean I think like Liz and and Ted are really good uh contrasts of each other if that makes any sense oh you're right like they're polar opposites i think ted is very like ambitious but everything he does is almost like for his own personal gain yeah and that's kind of like the the mentality he has Mm. going into zero dawn and throughout Mm. like the the you know bulk of um his his parts of the game and it's just like again he has created such a mess of things that there is no like there's nothing for him anymore like he has no future essentially because now his own plague um, or the plague named after him, whatever you want to call it, um, is literally destroying the world. And so it's not like he's going to get a good future. It's not like he's going to get to enjoy whatever he wants to enjoy. The best thing he can do is just work on zero dawn in the hope yeah. that future generations can survive and the earth isn't completely obliterated. But no, this jackass is over here like, oh, I can't in good conscience do this or that. And it's like, you don't- I can't let this like, happen I mean, kind of thing. Like, yeah. dude- it's like one you don't have a conscience two it's too late like 
you either do this or like just accept that the earth is just gonna like be destroyed and that no life exists on earth and if that's the ending you want that's um i don't even know if there's words to describe that oh god <laughs> but i just i i again it, for me it's just really hard to wrap my head around like why he was just like oh i can't do these things it's like what are your alternatives like what are you going to do and also what have you proposed like what yeah. solutions have you like explicitly listed mm. that are feasible and like have you presented it to anybody like absolutely I mean, again and liz was doing all the work but um she really was i think i think it again like that the whole thing in, in gaia prime really speaks to who liz is as a person oh. um and who ted is as a person because ted just goes out and like murders essentially a bunch of alphas because he's like oh i can't burden future generations with our knowledge so that like they don't know our mistakes and it's like you didn't burden them you just condemn them to like ignorance essentially exactly. so you give them a choice. Um, meanwhile liz is like literally even though she's like probably arguably i would say the most important person to zero dawn she's the first one to sacrifice herself when you know when something happens yeah basically Um, like uh, in the early trials before everything is said Gaia has a little breach so someone has to close mm -hmm. that breach and Liz goes out there and does it but then she decides not to come back to the the bunker she's like I I just want to go home it's okay I don't think it's so much as she decides or it's it's more that like she it's it's kind of like whoever they sent out it's kind of like a, a suicide mission in the sense yeah. like they, that person would not be able to get back into yeah. the bunker and they would probably be overrun by the the plague or the swarm or whatever you want to call it so um again it just it just speaks to who Liz is as a person that you know even though she's asked these people to put so much on the line for this project she's the first one stepping up to the plate and being like i'll sacrifice myself when she like you know when when things get really tough and um it's it's so admirable but also it's just it's so tragic because it's like i i I think she's probably the most important person to zero dawn like this was her brainchild um yeah exactly like and i just (laughs) i just again it just it just rubs me the wrong way that ted was able to get away with murder and then meanwhile liz is like not at the same time but like in a later scene like she sacrifices herself essentially and like she even tells like you know there's talk of like the like you know getting her back in somehow and she's like no like I just I'm tired I just want to go home and it's like she's put in so much time and effort and energy into this thing which like it's getting off the ground essentially at this point and like she's just kind of she just wants it to like be out there and, and you know to work and then she just wants to be like done with it which is understandable because she's invested a lot in it the motivation behind it because again one of the best scenes in the game we get to Mm -hmm. listen to her actual motivation which speaks to a lot about who she is as a person but let's also talk about the other most frustrating character (laughs) in this game who i like to call him ted 2.0 mirror (laughs) to ted literal mirrored to ted in aloy's time let's talk about silence because this i want to call him a lot of names i really do i think he would deserve all of them he would and the way he like you said it takes a very special kind of arrogant person to have that 
callousness in their attitude. So let's talk about silence a bit because he interact he gets to interact with Aloy. And <laughs> a- as much as Aloy is a mirror to Liz, silence is a mirror to Ted. You made a very good point about this. So let's talk about that because oh my God, this is waiting to be discussed. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, silence is equally frustrating because his whole thing is like, he's in pursuit of knowledge, which mm. to some degree is is admirable. Like that's always a good thing to want, you know, to learn knowledge more. is power, yeah. like the old saying yeah. goes. But like yeah. silence is, he's like pursuing this to a fault. It's like nothing mm. else matters but his quest for knowledge to the point where he's like, um, I think it's it's probably like stunted his social skills. He doesn't yeah. have any. He's he's very like, um, I don't even know how to. He's like very like hurt and like rude essentially to to Aloy and I would imagine probably to anybody else that he he's ever. Very, spoke to, he's but, very opportunistic, um, I'd say. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that too. But it's like everything is in pursuit of knowledge, and it's like I get it. Learning things is cool. That's great. But if your quest for knowledge is actively hurting the world or harming people mm. then it's not worth it but he just he doesn't care for him it, there's no again there's no, a very good um, line that you mentioned and we'll talk about it more yes yeah there, for him there's like there's no like line that's like too far to cross or whatever oh, yeah. there's no bridge he can't burn it's like he just, he just goes and does things and he's like oh it doesn't matter what the consequences are because mm. i've learned something and it's like yeah I get it like he he comments on like learning physics and calculus like yeah that's great but like you also started like essentially a cult literally killing people and he admits it too like he's not even like ashamed about it he's like oh yeah I did this but like I didn't know and then once I knew what they were really supposed to do Aloy and how callous he is towards Aloy considering her situation like Mm -hmm. I mean, this girl is literally having an identity crisis, like finding out why she, that she was made for a particular purpose, especially when she goes back to All Mother and fi- with the Alpha Registry and finds out that she was actually made to res- in literally in Lissa's image to restore Gaia. <laughs> it's she's having an identity crisis, and this idiot is like, "What? What are you crying about? You are more important than you realize." That's not what she cares about, you jackass. That's I know. not what she I think. Cares that's about. the crazy part too. That silence, like. I mean, it's it's not really crazy um, because I think as players, we all see it coming from like the moment we meet silence, yeah. but crazy in the sense that like Aloy is going through, like you said, a lot. She's yeah. processing a lot and he just expects her to be like him, almost like apathetic and yeah. like have no emotion and just like. Mm. Apathetic is the because, right like, word because I think more than anything he is apathetic to everyone else other than himself that's i think that's also its own form of villainy right because yeah. he he's done stuff that he shouldn't be proud of and he's not necessarily yeah. proud of it but he's also not not proud <laughs> He's not repenting it either. He doesn't yeah. regret it either. Yeah, he's just he's like, like, oh, whatever I did, this I thing, did that I did was a mistake, knowledge. but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, again, knowledge or like the pursuit of knowledge is great. Mm. But if it's actively harming people or if you're 
you know causing harm to the world then no you don't like there there has to be a line where you're just like you that you don't cross but for silence there's there's nothing like that and his quest for knowledge has led him to do crazy things like um start a cult find hades start a cult and then he's literally take advantage of a civil war literally Mm -hmm. take advantage of a civil war like yeah and also like can we also just talk about before we do that though can we just talk about how he's essentially just used Aloy and how many times he admits that she's nothing more than like a means to an end and he's like dude I was so okay you know what props to the voice actors here because silence (laughs) annoyed me to no end and that is a testament (laughs) to how his how silence's voice actor you know portrayed this character gotta give that guy props but yes this guy literally used Aloy and she makes it known that he's using her she makes it Mm -hmm. known and I love it she's like dude I'm doing all the hard work you're not risking your life at all you're just probably sitting somewhere else thousands of miles away not even caring about what happens to me I'm doing all the hard work so you'll take what I give you and shut the fuck up which is what he deserves to be honest I love it I mean the only time silence ever does anything to actively help Aloy is when he rescues her from the sun ring yeah and it's like again again, he he doesn't do it because he cares yeah Mm -hmm. exactly yeah that is because he still needs her because they haven't gotten to the alpha uh, they haven't gotten to the alpha registry yet they have the alpha registry but they haven't been able to go to uh the bunker at all mother yet to uncover what's actually going on they don't know that yet (laughs) That's the only reason he came. If he had that information and if he somehow could have accessed that bunker without Aloy, he would have left her there to die. I swear to God. Oh, he would absolutely. have left her there to die. And that's why I hate even this character otherwise, so much. Even otherwise, it's like you need Aloy to do certain things, but at no point does he ever offer his own services. And it's, yeah. I think that's the thing that annoyed me the most. Not mm. so much that he doesn't offer his own services, but the way he like talks and 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 the, the way, way he like, comports himself or, or whatever yeah it, it is very condescending and he's almost like he's above it all and like to the yeah. point where it's like even the final battle yeah. he just kind of like you know just walks out and he, he tells Aloy like that's your mess you deal with it you better yeah. fight you better go and I'm just gonna go off and do my own thing and it's like hello you're part of the world too like do you not care like where are you going to go that you're not going to be touched by this huge conflict that has the potential to change the world and and not in a good way and um, that was a really frustrating part that's like after everything he's put Aloy through he the least he can do is just offer her his service but no he can't even do that like um he could have been like he could have just lent a hand like you know having one extra person on their side would have been great I'm sure at the final battle but no he's he's like above it all and he's too good and he he just has to go find more knowledge and and meanwhile you know the rest of the world has to deal with a huge war on their doorstep and you know corrupt machines and you know all this crazy stuff and silence is just off doing god knows what and And even at the end of it even after Aloy has dealt with Hades and dealt with the kill switch thing this idiot is still out there looking for Hades and trying Mm -hmm. to mess with this even more that is even more stupid like dude what is wrong with you apparently he learned nothing 
again, like this is why he's such a frustrating character because he and which is, is why it's so much like his personality like is said. insane. You know, he doesn't yeah. learn. He just he doesn't he doesn't well yeah he doesn't learn. But also just like at what point do you like stop and realize you've crossed a line or that you're doing something that's incredibly harmful or incredibly dangerous? Like you can't keep doing things and just like. The pursuit of knowledge is not an excuse because if you were really knowledgeable, then you would know when to like, you know, put a stop to certain things and when to call it quits and all of that. But Ted, I mean, sorry, Ted. Ted <laughs> and Silence, just like <laughs> both, both of them. Yeah, I think it's probably applicable to both. Yeah. They, just, they just don't know like when to quit while they're ahead. And, mm-hmm. and Silence, especially like keeping Hades around after everything that's gone down and being like, oh, I'm going to like find out what makes you tick. I'm going to learn all your secrets. Yeah. That would be ideal if, like, Hades was just confined to, like, a lab or something. But he's not, like, at this point, there's no lab on Earth that Hades could ever be studied in. And um, Silence is not the scientist he thinks he is. And just because he's learned things that nobody else has learned and, and poked around in places that other people are too scared to go in, that doesn't make him, make him better like, than above everybody the world. Else. And, yeah. It does not. I mean, yeah. you're so right about that. I uh, He's a very frustrating character. And talking about the eclipse, let's talk about how the eclipse came to be because this is kind of related to the, uh, the state of the world uh, in Aloy's time and everything because here we have the Karja, a, an entire group of people who are basically at war with within themselves. It was a civil war, right? Uh, because there, the earlier king uh, was basically a tyrant who conducted the red raids to appease the sun in order to basically stop the machines from killing them, from killing everybody. Basically, he thought right. that sacrifices in the sun ring would appease the machines it didn't that's a different story but he raided the other tribes uh other groups <laughs> of people sorry other regions uh within their known within their known world to basically appease whatever this thing was that was causing these corrupted machines to attack them and unfortunately in one of these raids Ross lost his family. Let's talk about that situation because there's a lot going on there. And Ross is such an amazing character. And we don't get to spend a lot of time with him, but the time we do, we get to we love we get we get to know a lot about him and love him uh as well. And then to lose him that early is still harsh because that's the only parental figure that Aloy's had it's kind of hard so let's talk about that yeah I mean uh, Ross's whole backstory is really sad especially once you learn that his whole situation as an outcast was not something that was forced on him it's something he chose because he's so um He's still loyal almost to a fault yeah well that but also he he's loyal to a fault in the sense like Nora the Nora have all these customs and 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 things that you know he follows like to a T and oh so my God, yes. um after you know that this whole red raid incident when his wife and daughter were taken hostage he has to become a death seeker which is essentially somebody who's allowed to like leave, leave the land but only, and and but not um, return 
basically mm-hmm. you can't return essentially yeah you i mean that's i think a very die, simple way of saying it but yeah. um yeah i think the way it's framed is like that there are people who who leave the embrace to go on an impossible quest and usually yeah. end up you know it's it's so dangerous they usually end up dead and they don't come back so it's like they're granted permission to to leave the sacred lands and so in ross case he he does go on this you know journey or quest or whatever you want to call it to find the people responsible for um killing his wife and daughter and he finds them and he kills them but you know in in the process he you know he he ends up back in in nora territory and is like a sort of compromise um yeah you know, he he becomes an exile kind of by choice and the rest of the tribe just kind of shuns him. And it's like, he did nothing wrong. I I mean, obviously, you know, I think a lot of the tribe were kind of fearful of the matriarchs, at least maybe of Lanzara. I feel like Tirsa is definitely more, um, how should I put this, progressive almost? Yeah, yeah considered is also a good word. Um, no, I know what you I think mean Tirsa though. Tirsa is like, she's definitely more, She's got a better head on her shoulders. And I think like Jezza is like, kind of somewhere in between Tirsa and, and Lanzara. But um, I think most of the tribe are more afraid of the matriarchs and what they might say and do if they kind of broke rules. Yeah. Whereas like Aloy, just because she hasn't grown up in the tribe, she just finds all the rules. I think like you said earlier, she has a different perspective. So to her, yeah. it's like, these are all stupid rules. And it's not fair that Ross, who risked so much, not only for himself, but, you know, for the tribe and, and did so much for the tribe. And for is her, now too. Essentially ostracized. Yeah. 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 But although I think it is kind of sweet how, like, in the very, very beginning of the game, um, Tirsa agrees to, like, kind of let Ross do the naming. And he's that like, you're so helping us. And sweet. she's like, well, you're in exile by choice. But Aloy never asked for it and um, I just thought that was really nice that she acknowledges that like whatever Ross may have chosen it's not fair to do the same to Aloy because she didn't actively make that choice but unfortunately I mean you know how the game turns out and you know what Aloy's childhood and you know early adult life is like she's still treated like an outcast literally until she wins the proving and even then Mm. she can't really enjoy being a proper part of the tribe because mm. right after the proving everything goes crazy yeah. um so yeah i mean learning ross backstory it was really sad but also very moving because even though you only spend such a short amount of time with ross he's such an important part of like aloy's life and and oh, he i is. think that he the so few is. scenes yeah the few scenes that we get to see with him are like really i think meaningful Very. and um yeah. i don't know it's also just really sweet the way aloy was like she had thought things through before the proving she's like if i make it through the proving and i become a brave like i'll come find you and i'll talk to you so i'll be the one breaking the rules and you don't have to worry about it and all of that and i just thought that was so sweet because yeah ross just i think he'll follow all the rules because you know their rules and like these are his people as even though they don't necessarily view him as such and um I, I kind of appreciate you know where he's coming from but it's also like I, I totally get like I'm on Aloy's side like screw the oh, rules some of these rules are stupid yes um but I love them and- <laughs> I love how Ross does like the last lesson he teaches her before she goes off for the proving and, I, and you made a very good point out of this and he's like basically Aloy's like I you told me that I wouldn't need this tribe they never did anything for me I I I don't need them and he's like 
but that doesn't mean that they won't need you so it's like <laughs> it turns out to be so true like oh my god it turns out to be so true how much <laughs> they need her and her journey takes her to all these lands like not just the embrace she goes to meridian she goes to sunfall she she visits the frozen wilds. She goes everywhere. <laughs> and it's just, again, I love the influence that Rost has had on her. Because, <laughs> and I love how Aloy recognizes how messed up this situation was. He had lost his baby girl and his wife. <laughs> right. That's, that's intense for anybody. That's- and for... And so for, like yeah it's just ahead. I mean it, it's a lot for anybody to process right and yeah. like for Ross especially like that you know that's so um it, it's such a huge loss because that's mm-hmm. I'm assuming that his wife and his child were his whole world and they for were, him to go through all probably, of that yeah. and then come out of it still being gracious like oh you know gracious this is the tribe these are the customs we follow like and enough um, to raise another kid as his own it's like dude mm-hmm. come on that i just wow yeah just wow yeah i mean ross is such an amazing parental figure yeah, i think i mean yeah. he's an unconventional when i think compared to like a standard parental figure but, but like still um he yeah he's he's such a great like father figure and mentor to Aloy and I think it's also I think again I mean I think Aloy as much as she probably hated being isolated and cut off from the rest of her tribe I think it did her a lot of good because oh yeah she's essentially like the hero that the world needs and I think had she been part of the Nora very different perspective I mm -hmm. that's a very yeah I think had she been like part of like the proper Nora society like you know not an outcast um i think they probably would have tried to instill some sort of like fear in her of like doing mm. things like leaving the embrace or yeah um you know things like that and it's like no i mean as as hard as her upbringing was you know being an outcast and being forced to be away from the majority of you know kids her age or people her age i think it did her a lot of good because rost did such an amazing job training her and preparing her for the proving and you know she's survived in in this fairly harsh environment yeah. um, i think a lot of that helps her in in the lands outside or outside, like beyond the, the mission that she has to um, undertake like that is yeah. intense for anybody it is like, oh yeah. my god dude but I love also though like how humble Aloy is about oh. it because like there's this I think we talked about it there's this really um I mean we've talked about the scene so many times but there's yes. this really kind of powerful scene mm-hmm. um in like the latter half of the game where after Aloy has you know journeyed around the world a little bit she goes I know which one you're I know exactly which land. scene you're talking and about yeah, yeah it, it's it's in um it's back in 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 the bunker uh and and all mother whatever it's called yes. I forget is it Alithia? Is it Aluthia? I think it is Aluthia. Is that uh, where I it is? Think, I but, can't remember um, exactly, but it's where she has to enter the because the Alpha Registry is corrupted here or right. something. She needs that to get in, basically. Yeah, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like after going inside the mountain, she, when she emerges, everybody thinks she's communed with the goddess. And so everybody's like, oh, the anointed. Like, you know, like they're oh, bowing down to God. her. And I just love how she's like, 
she like literally forcibly like pulls, pulls people up, up off the ground and, and she's like, like first you shun me now this is like and yeah, i love her I mean, tell speech after this <laughs> because the way she says it and props to ashley birch for the voice acting here because oh my yes. oh my god, god i Dude, this scene gave she me did such chills. an amazing job. This scene gave I know because it's also like, again, I think I don't think the Nora like as a tribe ever really intended to be kind of like closed off or like mean in the sense yeah. like I don't think they view themselves like the Better, holiest people yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but they do kind of view you know like the other tribes like oh they're not within all mothers sight Sight. or like reach or whatever so like they're different we don't really interact with them too much but like let's talk about that scene um, because yeah i yeah i mean it's it's so powerful because again aloy having part of it is i think also you know her journey forces her to leave the sacred lands but also i think aloy as a person doesn't have the same fears that like a lot of you know the Nora elders probably have and, and this so is where the different because she has a different comes in handy, right right yeah and I think she goes wind, out in the yeah. world and she recognizes that like yeah. there are other people who are just as worthy Which of being is, saved I love as the Nora that line. she's like I don't and, belong to you there are other people in the world just as good as any <laughs> of you and I'm right. and, and they're all worth fighting for. Oh my god, exactly. Which I think is is so um it, it's just so, so powerful because I mean she's also been out in the world and she's seen like the worst of it, right? Like yeah. she's seen corrupted machines, she's seen the eclipse, she's seen, she's the seen eclipse. uh Hades himself or it's yeah. uh and 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 she's still come away with it, like yeah, they're you know darker parts of the there, world there's that, crazy things you know, we don't really but, like but right but, but it's this still world, world is still worth saving, saving. And yes exactly yes. and people are still worth saving and i think yeah like you said that that whole scene is and that that line of i don't belong to you is just it's it's so powerful i think oh so God. impactful it still um, gives me and, chills and all, every time i listen to it every time yeah. i see it oh my god just it's like, just kind of sad though that it's like you know the nora for the most part, for most of her life until after the proving, just ignored her. And now that like she just walks out of metal doors, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, she's a goddess. Like bow down to her. And it's like, you treated her like dirt for 19 years of her life. Exactly. And now you want to like worship her? Like she doesn't want that. Um, she but just I think, wanted like, that's to be also... part of you. She just wanted you to accept her, not this. <laughs> like, like, Oh, I think it's also on. just a testament to Aloy's character because yeah. I feel like anybody in that situation could have come out of that and been like oh now they're worshipping me like maybe now people will listen to me and they could have just like kept going on with that whole thing like yes I'm now a goddess or god like bow down to yeah. me worship me but Aloy's just like no I don't want any of this and she's like I'm not gonna yeah. do things just because you think it'll benefit our tribe or this tribe specifically I'm gonna do things because the entire world is worth saving and yeah. she's been out in the world she's experienced it she knows probably yes. better than a lot of the people there um absolutely but it's like, and one of my um, favorite I, I scenes the, in the game dude like oh, oh my mine God. too yeah just... but also I think it's really cool that you can kind of see you know yeah. her effect or impact on on the Nora because like right after that scene there's like a very small bit where I think um Varl asks her like um like how he can help and she's like go to Meridian and like that's essentially considered taboo right like they're not 
technically yeah. I think supposed to leave the sacred yeah. lands unless they're made like a seeker or like a death seeker or something but I'm fairly well actually I don't know maybe the matriarchs just made everybody seekers but think, either way I think Varl that's what and, Tirsa and said some of them, it's like I think Tirsa was like dude if Aloy needs this let it happen just do mm-hmm. what she needs which is again like you said she's one of the more sensible people in this whole group <laughs> But yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. And I love Varl and Sona and Teb. They went there for Aloy because they... I, it's, just, it's just a special thing because with Teb, he was he saw this little kid help him out when he needed it, mm-hmm. right? Right. And with Varl and Sona, she helped them get rid of the people that attacked their tribe basically that attacked the Nora so they have that connection the camaraderie which is so important and that's so cool that they found that and again Aloy's different perspective is so important here because like you said it really helped her to go out into that world to understand that yes there's stupid things and crazy people out there of course and doing horrible things but then overall, there's also some great people, and that is something worth fighting for. And I just love that message that I know. Aloy has. It's, 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 it's such, again, it's such a powerful message to send, but also yeah. it's so nice to see that like within the context of like the game, it, it has um an impact on it, and she she actually makes a difference. And, and like, it mirrors the time, something the final... very specific <laughs> that Liz does too, and Liz says, which is amazing. So let's talk about that too in a little bit. But yeah, that again is like one of the most um amazing Moving scenes. But just scenes, really clear, like, I just, yeah, I, I just think it's so cool that we get to see yeah. Aloy actually make a change and, and like make yes. a difference, at least as far yeah. as like Nora society goes. Because yeah. by the final battle, like at start of the story, even though Varl and Sona and Teb were like really compelling side characters and, and I mean I can't speak for other players but like no, I genuinely like true. doing the side quests with them oh same. Um, and and yeah. like you know whenever they popped up in the main story it was really nice to see them again yeah. but I think it's just so cool to like in the beginning of the story they wouldn't leave Noral land yeah. um I think like Varl and Sona technically did when they went to Devil's Grief but it was just like it was still like they, they kind they of justified it as like yeah exactly. right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because they had to and they, they they justified it in their own way like oh you know the matrix will forgive us and all mother will forgive us um that sort of thing but by the end they, they go all the way to Meridian and it's like they're way like you know, way beyond the way out of their and yeah, and it's out of their depth too. Like literally, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's really cool that Aloy obviously meant enough to them and they trusted her enough. Yeah, exactly. That you know they were then able to travel. You know, presumably hundreds of miles to Meridian or however far it is, uh, which is really cool. But yeah, to your point about you know that really amazing scene. I know it is a very moving scene um it it does I think it it, I mean I don't know I feel like I cry every time I I see that same oh my god um, even remembering it it gets me choked up a little bit (laughs) I know I know it's so it's so like heartwarming but also so bittersweet because it's it's such a like simple conversation Mm -hmm. but I think there's there's like a couple of like really I think important things in that that obviously you know 
we we only hear or we only realize at the end of the game but i think there's um there's a bit where liz is telling gaia a story about how when she was younger she accidentally set she, a tree on fire yes. and her mom you know showed her the the dead baby birds that fell out of the, the tree that she essentially set on fire yeah uh, yeah and and gaia asks her like oh how did you feel and, and liz says like oh i remember not really caring and yeah. she tells his mother as much that she doesn't care and her mom is like you have to care because all the intelligence in the world doesn't matter unless you put it to good use and then, um, and unless you make the world better <laughs> yes oh right my God. and i think that's something that liz really carried with her and i think oh, you can that see is... that in everything mm. she's done since then yeah. um yeah. but i think again like that whole message of like you have to care like that is so important because obviously like I think that's liz such is a part of the such world a contrast it's, it's... to dead in silence really <laughs> such a contrast again i think they just they just don't understand that i mean they don't understand a lot of things i think because um both of them kind of act like they're above the world and like Mm. it doesn't matter what other people do because it's almost like they're the best and Mm -hmm. it's like you're as much a part of the world as anybody else and if you want to save it or if you want to be alive in it then you work your butt off to save it when you need to care exactly yeah. and but like that, ted doesn't yeah. seem to get that and he's just yeah. like to him like I, I don't know what it is but it almost seems like he just wants to like live his ideal future and it's like again you don't have a future dude you ensured that you didn't the minute you develop these robots killer robots with no off switch <laughs> yeah that's exactly what they are they're killer robots and now yeah. they've essentially brought about the apocalypse because mm. you didn't put an off switch in them so you're not going to enjoy a future like you there's not going to be any like you know golden years where you get to you know buy yachts and enjoy drinks on a sunset ter- like watching the sunset on a terrace that sort of thing like none of that is that's happening. not gonna so, happen exactly yeah, but, so just do uh, what you need to do to message, save the world man, but... <laughs> i just every time i think about it that it just gets to you right and i, I love know, that again, that's I what she took away that's what you yeah you can see it you can see the impact it's had on Liz and everything she's done after that even you know zero dawn and things like that I mean she has literally dedicated her life to trying to make the world a better place meanwhile people like Ted and Thailand are just they've dedicated their life to you know pursuing their own interests and their own goals exactly at the expense of the world essentially like it doesn't matter what other people do it doesn't matter what's going on in the world as long as they're doing what they want to do as long as they're benefiting um, from it that's it that's exactly. all they care it doesn't about matter. and yeah, yeah it's, it's such a like it's so cool to kind of see um how they're almost like like two different sides of um a coin like you know it's it, they're, they're almost like complete opposites and oh, um, man, it's you know yeah. the whole like ted angle where he's he's just like so absorbed in his own interests and furthering his own goals and all of that like that's really bleak and kind of depressing when you consider mm. what it means for the world but then mm. when you see like liz i mean in spite Who of does everything, everything she can to mm-hmm. get this to work so that humanity has a fighting chance and then the I other know, part really of that conversation that always 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 oh, gets to I know. me i just <laughs> I know that's what thinking about it gets me choked up because like oh my god it's the very end and Aloy has finally found Lisbeth's body there she's found Mm -hmm. it and you hear 
you hear also just really quickly can we just talk like can we just mention that she finds liz's body at liz's home and the last thing liz Liz was known to have said is i want to go home yeah and it's like at at the middle or at the point of the game where you hear that at least Yeah. yeah Because, like, at that point, we don't know, when we hear Liz say that the first time, we don't know if she ever makes it home. And at the end, we finally see that, you know, despite everything, despite yeah. the chances Liz was given, she at least yeah. made it home. And as, yeah. as depressing it is, as it is that she died, she at least died at home and hopefully in peace. But, yeah, that final, like, kind of conversation that, like, plays oh, Aloy God. discovers Liz's body. It hurts body. thinking about and it because it's I just... know, but it, it's, such a, it's such a moving scene, yeah. too, because... Gaia is like talking about how Liz mentions her childhood, but she herself doesn't have any children. She asked yeah. Liz, like, if what you had a kid, what would you want it to be? be like, yeah. yeah. And and Liz like like hints that like she would want a girl and she would want her to be um curious and 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 unstoppable even yeah and with just i know but then she says with just enough compassion to, to save the world, the world a little bit. And yeah. you see Aloy like, like, looking at her. That's how. <laughs> I just can't. I can't because it's just because yeah, that's I mean, who Aloy she, is. It's just exactly, and it's like in in some oh. ways, like yes, yeah, she is kind of like a clone almost of Liz, <laughs> or like a copy of Liz. It's beautiful. But she, in it's a just, way, she's also like Liz's daughter, and I think and it's, it's also like, yeah. It's it's really sweet when you think about that Gaia, even though she is essentially an AI, attempted to recreate Liz. <laughs> and just essentially made Aloy but um like that was kind of Gaia's like in a way almost like love letter to Liz like it, she couldn't bring Liz I back can, but yeah. like you couldn't li- like, bring Liz back but you brought Liz back but you brought Aloy back in Liz's image which is like the next <laughs> best thing she could have done it's so yeah. amazing and oh Aloy you found her you did but uh you know what yeah, it, it's bittersweet for a number of reasons. I mean, you know, Liz is it dead. Really and, is. Um, unfortunately, Aloy didn't get kind of I that think the closure. answers that she wanted. Yeah. Uh, I think she had some degree of closure, a but I think she was bit. really I think she's starting really to find herself, her. which is good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think I mean I assume or I, I think she assumed that she would have like an actual living Person. mother at one yeah. point yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think she ever would have guessed that she was essentially created in the image of somebody else mm. but I think by the end she, she I think there there is kind of some closure in that she's found Liz again and and um Liz is probably as close to a mother as she's ever gonna have but mm. also I mean like there are worse moms to have I think than Liz or there are worse people to be modeled after than Liz so I think Aloy is like I don't think she was upset about it. Like it was amazing. I will not. I just. <laughs> but let's talk about this now because let's talk about how all of this would segue into the Forbidden West, right? Because oh my god, I'm super excited for that game. Although I'm super jealous that I won't be able to play on release date because I do not have a PlayStation, <laughs> and it will not come on PC anytime soon. But let's talk about that because from the gameplay trailers that we've seen and the cinematic trailer that we saw, it looks spectacular. Like, it really let's talk does. about it. Because, oh I God. think the, the initial reviews are kind of all amazing. Uh, the game is yeah. coming out really soon. It's coming out February like, 18th. And, two or um, three days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, the initial reviews are already like everybody's raving about it because yeah. it seems to be good so far. So I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to mm-hmm. to being able to kind of go on this new journey with Aloy. But yeah, um, yeah she looks I mean, like she's grown a little bit too. Oh my God, this yeah. child. I just, I can't. It's, it feels um, personal, guys. It just does. I mean, I, uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of does. I mean, you spend a lot of time with these characters in video mm. games, right? Because it's not like it's, it's not like a movie where it's only like 90 minutes, give or take. Dude, um, we spend like hundreds of hours, of hours on these games, dude. Like, yeah, exactly. Not, you can very honest. easily just waste I mean, not waste, but you can spend a lot spend of time lot with of these time. characters. So, like, Agreed. you know, when you see them grow up, like you said, it does feel kind of personal. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're getting new regions, we're getting new machines, new and, machines. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, the designs look really cool. We're getting new skills, new weapons, ish. Um, I mean, there's so many things, and I think that the coolest thing so far, I think, is just that it seems like the new game is taking everything that worked really well in zero dawn and, and leveling like, it upgrading up. or expanding like, yeah, on that for forbidden west so yeah. um i'm really excited for it. it yeah although i'll be um, binge i think you and i will be binging on walkthroughs until we get it on pc but damn it oh. i'm super <laughs> excited super excited but yeah, I cannot wait to experience it for myself because, oh my God, guys, I am telling you, we both are telling you, if you can get this game, do it. It is so worth your time. And if you've stuck with us passing this much about it, you can understand why. Because like, again, these all these things that we discussed, when you experience them firsthand for the first time, they are jaw-dropping moments and it's just one of those rare gems where everything just comes together so well I just I cannot right. I cannot say and again I mean I think game. yeah I don't know that we did the storyline any justice but I think it is probably one of the most compelling storylines oh, in yeah. a video game for I've sure. ever played for sure. uh, there's like yeah. a handful of games that I feel like I could just replay over and over and over on Same. repeat or like you know just just um just yeah like be like in that world in and And i'm not making any sense i'm sorry definitely (laughs) one of them um i yeah it's yeah it's so unique and and so refreshing and it's like and every time it's a really pretty world and i would love to live in it every (laughs) time we play through the scenes that we mentioned i i it it still gets me emotional (laughs) especially that last scene yeah (laughs) it's a credit to the game and it means it's a game that's that's done something right if it's like as emotional as it was the first time on every single playthrough and yeah this is one of those games it's Mm -hmm. easily at least in my opinion or in in my opinion it is one of the best games of all time and I share that opinion it definitely is top tier like yeah (laughs) but yeah I mean like Tiff said if you haven't had a chance to play the game and if you're able to we highly recommend it it is such a good game um and something that I think that like at least for me I know when initial kind of previews came out when um Horizon Zero Dawn first released um I was kind of like oh this looks interesting but it's not really my cup of tea so I wouldn't play it even if I could and then you know once the game fully released and I saw walkthroughs I was like why did I think that because I want to play this game and (laughs) it looks so amazing Um, but yeah, I mean, now I've played it and I'm just obsessed with it. And, oh, and God, it's such a yes. good game. It's it's the world is so interesting. The characters are it interesting really and funny. Is. And like, 
there's just so many good things. Like I can't stop singing its praises. So um, I don't think my amazing world to spend time in, to delve into and just spend exactly. And let no one, after looking at this game, tell you that a game with a solo female protagonist does not sell. Let no one ever say that again. Yeah, that's a a stupid argument. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, this game alone proves that. Like, yeah, Aloy is is such an amazing protagonist, and I love her. And amazing, like, I would even take like, I mean, I'm probably in a minority, but like, if you if if Gorilla Games developed a game where it was just like Aloy just walking around the world and And like there was no plot, nothing. Um, forget this ass I would take her just like walking around just like sitting around in places like I don't care I don't need I mean the action is great I love a good story but like I love the character in the world enough that like if there was just a game of her walking around and like pointing out different machines I would be down for that Um, I don't know if anybody else would but no 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 I agree spending as much time with Aloy as possible I would absolutely be down for that like oh my god so amazing So guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us through this. We really appreciate it. And once again, if you are able to get this game either on your PlayStation or on PC via Steam, do it. Experience this for the first time or experience it firsthand because it is without a doubt one of the best games that's been out recently. It really is. I, we cannot say that enough. Once again, we thank you for all your support and continued listenership. And we will come back next week with a brand new episode. See you next week, guys. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.